know is what I know, and I don't know nothing else. Them indictments come around, I believe I'm going stealth. I ain't about to ask some niggas some shit I can do myself. You see me grinding in these dickies in these new designer belts. Only thing that's on my mind is Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Public Future Shot Podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Curving, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. Petty Wop, a.k.a. the first and not the last, a.k.a. the one and not the two. And to my, I guess, we're not left, we're not here, we're not, we're not with each other, but on the line here is my favorite little co-host. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Allie Nicole. A.K.A. your favorite little shit talker. A.K.A. that bald-headed badass. I'm about to be. I'm snatching these fucking braids out. A.K.A. Little Miss Boredom. A.K.A. Annery, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Allie? A.K.A. that little baby who's back on her bullshit even in the quarantine. What's up, Diddy? How are you? I'm in the house. I am in the house. <laughs> you know? I have been... Um, so, uh, my mom sent me a mask, right? And so she sent me, (laughs) I knew her ass was going to do it. (laughs) Listen, so we're going to talk about how mothers just don't listen to their children when their children have like legitimate thoughts. Who are you talking to? Because first of all, my don't drag me like that because Braylon will hit me with some bullshit and me trying to teach him that his feelings are valid. I have to listen to the dumbass shit my son says. And I'm going to be honest with you as a parent, not everything that your fucking kid tells you is interesting dog, but I have to sit there because I'm teaching him that what he says is valid. I just, cause I don't agree with it. doesn't mean that it's invalid. Right? So I can't be a hypocrite and tell him that, tell him some shit like that. And he was like, bro, get that dumbass shit out of my face. I can't do that. Even though you want to, I you want, want to, to really so be like, fucking bad. I want to so bad. You, you want to really be like, look, fam, whatever you thought this was, it's not. And this ain't and, it, bro. But like, you know what? I'm not gonna gaslight my child either. Anyway. And so, and so, my mother, my dear, my dear mother. Um. So again, see, there's a there's an age divide as far as like the understanding of the coronavirus, COVID nineteen, and like just how serious it is right there's an age divide and my mother is right on the borderline of like getting it and not getting it right she's like her age which i'm not going to tell y'all her age because a man never reveals a woman true age and i just know the moment i say it she'll just come out of nowhere like ray mysterio (laughs) my ass um (laughs) so i'm not not doing that but so so I called, she's like, she wanted me to see her a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, my, I can't, like, I don't want to get you sick, like, I don't want to get myself sick, we're both, you know, more high risk um, than normal, you know, just, you know, I would love to see you, but it's not ideal. She said, she heard all of that, and then said, bet, I'm pulling up on you with, with a care package. I'm like, did you not just hear me say, I don't want to see you, because I don't want to, like, unwittingly get you sick. She no, said, she ain't hear yeah, none of that you. shit. I ain't hear that shit. that shit. Her compromise was like, okay, you don't have to hug me. I was like, fam, you're already here. So in this care package that she just said, fuck you too, and mm-hmm. said, um, was a mask. And so, but and then the CDC has been kind of like half, half ass as far as like, should you wear a mask? Shouldn't you wear a mask? Whatever. Like, 
they finally, I think they finally were just like, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and recommend it for outside to wear a mask. And, you know, because now black people are riding around with bandanas, which isn't safe. That is not fucking safe. (laughs) Because we're black. And if we have a bandana on, we look like a hood. We look like a gang member. This is really not smart. You know, it's just really not smart. It could be a pink bandana. And someone's like, I didn't know gangs came in pink now. Oh, my God. It's not. So, any reason, well, so you know, I have a, white folks don't need any, any more reasons. I, so, so I have this mask, right? And this is a legitimate mask, like a little cloth mask, even though they tell you masks are supposed to be a single use only and be only worn for like at max eight hours. But we know people don't listen to that. So, this is the first time wearing a mask because I told her I've been taking my walks, trying to get my exercise on, you know, trying to do whatever. And she was like, You wearing a mask? I'm like, Yeah, I'd have lied. Really, I'd have lied through my teeth. Yes, mom. I am absolutely being safe. I'd have lied to see, my See, and teeth. I told her I was... See, that's the difference between... I'd have lied through my teeth. Yes, mother, I am being absolutely safe and sanitary. That is the difference between me and you. Because it's like, I'm out here, I'm like, well, I don't really see the point. Because it's man, I'm like... You know, and she was just... She, she kind of hit me with that star. I'm like, boy, the next time you go outside, you better wear that mask on. And I was like, you know what? Again. I'm grown to say all right, but... You can't tell your mom to... that you're grown, bro. Any, and I've tried. I have totally tried to have that conversation with Kendra. And she's not going. Bro, I literally sat in my mother's face and I said, you do understand that like this is the last year of my 20s. Like, you can't, like, bro, I'm not a baby anymore. And she's like, yeah, you're not a baby, but you ain't grown. You're never going to be grown in the face of your parents, bro. No, hell no. Nah. And that's what I was like, because you, you kind of took uh, my whole entire thoughts. I was like, damn, I ain't closer to 30 than I am 20. Like, so yeah. What that mean to her? <laughs> not a damn, not a damn thing. So when I took my walk, you know, what I'm saying before, before we had, a, before we recorded, I, I was in that bitch with a mask. I was out there, I was out that bitch with a mask, and you could tell how like the energy of white people when they see a black person in any sort of thing covering their face. Like so many random white strangers was trying to just like do the whole like I'm scared but high wave. Because it's like, I don't know. It was the non-threatening, like, like, temperature check. Like, I'm going to wave, and if he waves back, then it's not threatening. But if he doesn't wave, then he's a terrorist. Like, it was was definitely a temperature check. He's one of, if he waves back, he's one of those good blacks. He's a good black. I'm Um, but yeah. We'll touch on good blacks. We'll touch on Karen's. In a little bit. Uh, but no. Listen, my Karen, my Karen, my motherfucking Karen. Karen's in Paris. Um, Listen, listen. We'll touch on it, but like, so how have you been this 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 past week? How's your health? How's your mental? Um. So first of all, today, speaking of Kendra, today is her birthday. Um. My mom is turning twenty one again. Um, another anniversary of her twenty twenty first birthday. Another anniversary of her twenty first birthday. Um. So shout out to her. Um. The funny thing about me and my mom, right, is that if you guys recall, my birthday was on Friday. Today's my mom's birthday, so our our birthdays are about four days apart. And uh, my mom has always said that since me and my twin sister have been born, she's never gotten a birthday. So when the moment that me and my twin were old enough to like celebrate our birthdays, you know, without her assistance, you know, without her having to be a mom about it, so to speak, like she says, she's getting, she's reclaiming her birthday. She's reclaiming her time. Okay. So. And you want to be like, it wasn't my fault it, that you decided to Girl, it wasn't my fault. You decided to get pregnant at like, it, during, anyway, I can't math right now. You should have planned better. That's not, that's literally not my fault. 
Not my fault, sis. <laughs> so my dad was like, shit, I don't share a birthday. But anyway, so me and my mom, and then to be honest, me and my mom, you know, every mother, and when a mother has multiple daughters, there's always one that you kind of beef out with. Like, it's just part of the course. So me and my mom have kind of, in the past couple of months, haven't really seen it for each other. But our birthdays have kind of, not even kind of, our birthdays have given us a reason to kind of put that shit to the side for a minute and just celebrate the fact that we get each other for another year. So I get, I have a mom to fight with. So that's not lost on me. I have a mom to bigger with. I have somebody to go toe to toe with. And people are in a time where people are literally losing their loved ones without even being able to say goodbye to them. So I'm grateful for the fact that I, I right now I have a mom to be mad at. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. happy birthday, mom. I love you. Um, she probably won't hear this. She hates my podcast, but <laughs> it's all good. Listen, my mom it's has not listened to a single episode, and we're going to keep it that way. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But no, this past week has been um, busy. I'll be honest. Um, my birthday went well. I wanted to take a moment to shout out everybody who reached out, called, text, Instagram, Twittered me, Facebook me, all that cash at me. Um, everything ca- especially the people who cash out especially the people especially who cash at people. me Allie Pays in case you're wondering um, <laughs> A-L-L-I-E-P-A-Y-S Allie Pays uh, alright but um, right. in case you're interested but no like I'm just a really really appreciative of everybody who showed love um, the only thing I wanted for my birthday this year was love like I, it's weird to ask me for what I want material wise because I I can't accept that from you. I want a new car. I want to furnish, furnish, furnishing my apartment. I want new clothes. I can't ask that of nobody. But what you can give me is just like unconditional love. Like throw it on me. And I got that. I got that in so much abundance. And I'm really, really, really grateful for that. Um, my friends pulled up you and Jade and Tanea. Um, shout out to Tony, Santana, everybody that like pulled up on me, wish me love. All of that shit, like, I felt it. Like, I felt that shit in abundance. So, thank you. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It meant, like, it genuinely meant the world. Um, work has been kicking my ass lately. Um, it's, I work in social work, so I hate the fact, mm-hmm. that, I hate the fact that I have a job because that means that there's something wrong. Like, I'm serious. Like, I, I have a job because people don't take care of themselves or they don't take care of their children or they don't take care of their responsibilities. So, unfortunately, I have a job. And because people are home a lot more than they, they're a lot more because we're quarantined right now or we're social distancing right now, um, there's been a spike in abuse cases. So my job has gotten increasingly busy. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's one been, of those things. I think it's um, very we, we joke, we joke about, um, how people who are quarantined together can't, you know, stand their spouses because it's not natural for you to be in this space 24-7 without any breaks, right? Like, I've talked to a lot of my uh, coupled friends who are actually coupled together, and they're like, you know, some days it's great. Some days somebody sleeps on the couch, and it's like, so imagine imagine that that downturn, right? And this is enough quote-unquote, healthy, happy, normal relationship with a relationship that's already been abusive, right. or already been rocky, or already been problematic, toxic, whatever your buzzword you want to be. And, and imagine that downturn. It, it, like, things can get ugly. I, I, I read, uh, I think it might have been in the United Kingdom about um, a murder-suicide. I think yeah. a man feared 
the man feared his that his wife had coronavirus or that might in so he killed both of them because I think she might have been coughing or whatever. He feared that she had coronavirus, so he killed both of them. And in the autopsy, they found out neither one of them had it. And it was like, yeah, what? like those sort of things. Neglects, elder abuse. There's a lot. So. Um, again, elder abuse, ch- child abuse, like Quebec. I mean, it's, we talk about a, we talk about relationships. Spike, yeah. Right, there's a huge spike. Um, so the only thing, if I can say anything about it, you know, in respects to my privacy, the privacy of my clients, things like that, is if you need resources, if you need help, it's out there, and you do not have to just because there's a, a mandated state order. There's special protections put in place for times like this for you. So if yourself or you mm-hmm. know somebody, hit our bo- inbox. Everything that you inbox us. Um, is is confidential. So, and if you want to hit me on the side and say, Alex, I or my friend or or whomever is in a situation that they need help out of, please reach out. Like I will, if I can't help you myself, I will find your resources to get you what you need. But you're not alone, especially if you can get if you can hear this podcast, you're not alone. So reach out. Yeah, you that, have you have some level of access. First, there is such a thing as podcast listener confidentiality um yeah we, we are don't open about our personal lives not yours. not yours right thank you so just for the record on wax we love you guys we support you guys and just as much as you're here from us we're here for you so if we have resources um we're here also speaking of resources <laughs> shout out to all our this week we're honoring our essential workers um you guys are the frontline employees and i'm not just talking i'm talking anybody from Truck drivers, grocery store clerks, you know, anybody who is doing yeah, that. HR, profe- HR professionals. We're talking anyone who, um, you know, anyone who during this time or everyone is being told to stay home and stay you the fuck have at home. To, you have to your go and be around people. Your job is expecting you to come in. And your job is expecting and, you to come in. Then <laughs> this, we have something special for you. Uh, so, well, all right, guys. So we're not excluding anybody. It's just that this week is about essential workers. So if you're yeah. yourself or an essential we worker, love you, in- we, we love you, we love you too, non-essential worker people. But this time we're going to look and, uh, out for the people. I'm who not are talking essential. about right. We're not talking about the people who have the privilege of working from home. I am talking about the people who literally, ha- in order to do they jo- their job, they have to leave their home. Okay. Those are the people yeah. that this is for specifically. So 911 dispatchers, um, grocery store clerks, gas station clerks, truck drivers, anybody who works for Amazon or FedEx or one of those delivery places, mail or, carriers. Or even, even, or even if it's something like your main source of income right now is you are a Grubhub driver, Uber Eats right. driver. Uh, right. Those people who have to kind of, who can't afford the luxury of being able to stay at home and still pay their bills. This is for exactly. you. Exactly. This so is for you. So here's what we're going to do. All right. So um, you're, you've, uh, the good people of our Teacher Shop podcast is having a raffle. So we're having a raffle for all essential workers, the people that we just described. Um, you hear this and you, you know, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, we will draw a winner. So you, so on all of our social media pages, personal and podcast, enter your name under the tweet. Or Instagram post, you'll be entered into the raffle. So Friday afternoon, we will select one person um, to receive a fifty dollar gift card of your choice, um, as well as one of one of our listeners is also donating skincare, beauty products, other other items 
in this raffle as well. So we are we are giving away fifty a fifty dollar gift card to the gift card of your choice. We know for some people it may be Amazon, for some people it may be Target, for some people it may be Kroger. Um, you so know, we're donating a fifty dollar. If there's not necessarily, we're donating. A, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We're donating a $50 gift card of your choice because we don't want to assume what you need. We want you to tell us what you need. Um, and so, and also, someone has reached out and added to the pot with um, skincare products, you know, possibly beauty products if if a woman wins this. Um, just something to try to, again, it, it, it's not something to try to make this time easier for the people who have it to work this right now. Um, right. I've been checking in with a lot of my essential workers. And they are they are stressed. They are they are. We stressed. are they stressed. Are, be, this is stressful. And they, they, no, they should. Yeah. There's no so. hazard prey. There's no you know increase of resources, especially because you know as blessed. I'm I'm an essential worker. We're on the front lines, but you know my job also had to lay off 20 people in order to provide for essential workers. There's a hiring freeze everywhere and a there's a mass layoff. So unfortunately, you know, th this has affected a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Some close to home, some not ten, so much. 10 million, 10 million people um, since COVID-19 crisis has, has started in earnest. 10 million people have filed for unemployment. Um, and that number is only continuing to get higher as this extends further and more people, unfortunately, lose, um, lose, their, lose their jobs. Um, and we're talking, right. people, uh, I know somebody who was a manager of, of like all, like a, of a bar chain from like Cincinnati to Florida. Right. So like right. think one of those like tin roofs or one of those like bars that are like everywhere. hundred thousand dollar a year job. He right. got laid off because no one's going out. So there's no money to be made. So all of those people that you think had the biggest job security in the world um, don't. Uh, and they're, they are currently filing for unemployment. Um, and one more thing before we get off of our Rona topic of a week. Um, mm -hmm. So so did you have you heard about what's going on in Wisconsin? I have not. Fill me in, friend. So, um Wisconsin had their primary election today. Um, yes. So, previously, a lower federal court ruled that um, Wisconsin can and should extend their absentee voting deadlines in order to accommodate, you know, the stay-at-home order, the CDC um, guidelines for social distancing, and to still vote. So similar to what similar to what Ohio and other states are doing, we're kind of just having a, pretty much a mail-in, you know, uh, voting for the primary. So a lower court, lower federal court rule that extended the deadline. I want to say, you know, to the end of the month, end of April, um, to, to allow people to vote. So right. tens of thousands of Wisconsinites um, applied for, you know, absentee voting. Was waiting on getting waiting on getting the absentee voting so they can postmark it, mail it back by the end of the month in order to again do their civic duty but stay safe. The uh, United States Supreme Court, who is um, majority conservative, um, ruled yesterday. So we are recording this on Tuesday, the seventh. I want to say so. They ruled yesterday, late yesterday, in a five to four margin to reverse that lower federal court decision. Which, which means 
that a lot of people who counted on voting absentee later on in the month now won't be able to vote absentee because they changed the deadline to the 7th. Trifling. Now it's, it's, placed a lot, it's placed a lot of people in a conundrum where it's like, I either have to risk, risk my health and go outside and stand in lines, literally the thing that we are told not to do in order to flatten the curve and slow the spread and vote or be disenfranchised. And that's what's going on in Wisconsin. And one of the fucked up things about this, this going on is in this election in Wisconsin, one, one of the things that they're voting on is a state Supreme Court seat, which gets 10 years in the position. So someone who's, going, who's is probably a Republican is going to get 10 years of job security in a very powerful position based off an election where the majority of people were disenfranchised. Just kind of to show that even during a pandemic, people still find a way to beat their kids. This if, is, if you, <laughs> that is the most trifling shit I think I've ever heard in my entire life. And I've heard some trifling shit. We've heard shit. a lot of trifling shit. You know, especially with we've the last trifling shit. Trifling, do you hear me? But you know what? It's one of those things where it's like, um, not surprised, still disappointed. Not surprised, completely disappointed. This country has like, given. What's to... crazy is that this. I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off, friend. But it's crazy is that this country, like, dog. When I think about all the other things that everybody, literally, everyone else, literally around the world is going is doing in order to protect the interests of their citizens, and the United States is like, nah, nah, we're good. And it's like, bro, what the it, fuck? It, it reminds me of a Spongebob meme because there's a Spongebob meme for every situation. There's a um, Simpsons but episode but and a Spongebob meme for every uh, for, every, for every situation. So this one is when like I think uh, Squidward is like looking outside and seeing Patrick and Spongebob just having fun. Yes, that's exactly how inside. I feel. That's exactly how I feel like, being a look, US me citizen. looking at every other country do right by its citizens like give to like I think um is it Canada or it can't I believe Canada's giving like two thousand a month for four months for every yep. citizen. Yep. Um Germany is doing is doing similar. Like people are Italy has like froze mortgage and rent payments and the United States is just like eh I'll give y'all twelve hundred dollars sometime eventually. I mean at some point y'all gonna get this little twelve hundred. At some point. And it's Listen, wild. I'm and then really tired at the of same- Donald Trump out here tweeting like he don't owe me money. Don't you know niggas out here flexing on you and he owe you bread? Like, bitch, give me Flexing like you don't owe us money. Also, so the other part about it is this, right? How mm-hmm. it's disappointing. And I'm looking at, for instance, Mike DeWine. He tweeted, one of the top questions is, hey, folks cannot pay their rent. The, literally, you shut down as a governor, right? You shut down people's way of right. making money. You shut down daycares. You shut down people's... Not only did you shut down my way of making money, you shut down my you shut ability... shut down my side hustles. Exactly. Shut down my side hustles. And you also shut down my support system. So the school shut down before jobs did. Okay? So right. a lot, like we said before, a lot of people have already been home with their children because the schools are shut down. So you're shutting down my, my resources in order to go out and make money. And then you're telling me that, yep, well, okay. You're not freezing mortgages, so you're not freezing mortgages. So people who own property and are renting out, you know, 
landlords are still expected to collect are still have mortgages and then they're still having to charge their tenants and it's like i hate seeing the argument like renters versus landlords because honestly we're on the same side it's not a yeah, we're on the same, paycheck to paycheck ass niggas we are yeah, literally if my rent is your fucking salary dog so we are on the same well, side. Some paycheck to paycheck we, so, like, we are on the same side of the same fight. So when literally what I'm saying is that, bro, I'm not going to argue. It's like having the conversation, which came first to shake another egg, bro. We both have to cross the fucking street, dog. Like we both have and, to, we both have to. And a lot happen. of, a lot of uh, states are freezing mortgages, but not freezing rent. And this is a problem because now you're telling me that now the landlords have the ability again no sh- no shade to any real life landlord we know a few that are doing it the proper way We're, this is more so the slum lords of the world and the greedy motherfuckers of the world but like you're telling certain landlords in certain states i think new york is one of them i think um i want to say uh south carolina like you're freezing more mortgages right so the landlord ha- doesn't have to pay the bank but you're not freezing rent which means i still have to pay the landlord now the landlord is basically making the biggest profits he's ever seen off of the pandemic because he ain't got to pay nobody, but he still get paid. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. But there are some companies that I do want to shout out. So for instance, Spectrum, they have frozen payments for 60 days. Um, Duke Energy, um, they have also frozen payments for six. I mean, excuse me. They have frozen disconnections for the next 60 days. And then you still owe the balance. Do not get me wrong. You still owe yeah, the balance. Right. However, their heat share program has been extended. So if you're able to qualify mm-hmm. for that, if you didn't qualify qualify for it before, for whatever reason, they're more willing to work with you now than they were before. Okay. So, mm-hmm. Excuse me. I know AT&T, you do not have to, I think there's a bill freeze for 60 days. I need to check on that as well. Because I have AT&T, but it's through a family plan. So I still pay the bill because I don't want to get behind. Luckily, I'm in a position where I can still pay my bills. Right. But yeah, that's one of the things I think. So my message, my messaging would be to anyone who is in a position of privilege and have to still be able to get money coming in or still be able to pay their bills, do it. Because you don't want, if you can avoid it, you don't want the bill to be doing the back end. Because a lot of these, a lot of these places, you ever freezing, shutting your service off, but that that bill and that interest is still calculating, it's still ra- it's still racking up. Right. So, and the last thing I want for someone who is able to do it is it come, you know, July or, you know, June, whenever we're able to kind of return to some semblance of normalcy is you have a you have three months due now. And right. ain't no payment arranged because you ain't paid for the last three months, nigga. So it's like, yeah, just um be mindful. Watch out for the hook. Don't don't drop no don't don't get rid of your insurance at this point. Um, because they're going to make it up on the back end. Because if you have gap coverage, you know, if you go to gap on your coverage, they make up, they increase your premiums to make up that money. Um, if you can afford it, don't touch your 401k until that the vesting age, whatever age that may be. Because again, there's a penalty if you touch it before that age. Like I think for a lot of people it's 65, but depending on who you go through, how it's set up, it may be different, but yeah, you know, do what you, you touch it, do what you can, right. Do what you can to take care of yourself. And that's all we're saying. Yes. Do what you can to take care of yourself. Um, but no, watch out for the hook. Listen, it is always a hook line and the sinker guys. Just be careful. Okay. Um, but no, you ready to get, put this week in rice friend? Let's do it. Cause Hey, in this quarantine, somehow y'all have managed to still show your ass. 
And for that, we thank you because you've given <laughs> us content. Um, so the latest battle, the latest IG battle has been with T-Pain and... Um, and Little John. And Little John. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I was a little preoccupied, so I didn't get to watch it. But from it's what okay. I heard... So from what I've heard, friend, it was great. The problem that yes. I'm having, though, is we gonna put some respect on T Pain's fucking name, okay? And the issue yeah, that I'm so, having, right, is what's that up, what's up, friend? The again, the issue just from the conversation, the dialogue. Again, because I didn't watch it, I didn't tune in on the dialogue, right? However, right. we're not gonna disrespect. We're not going to sit here and disrespect Teddy Penderass down. We're not going to do that. I don't like the fact that just because T-Pain has not put out recent content that we're making it seem like he's irrelevant or he wasn't a giant in this game. Hell no, nah, friend. So what, so what happened with T-Pain? So, okay. So first, the T-Pain low jar battle. I watched that motherfucker in its entirety. Because How was it? I was tuned in. And when I tell you, so both of them did great. They took it serious. So that's, which is the main thing I want from any of these IG battles. And we'll discuss kind of the evolution of this IG battle a little bit later. But okay. main thing from anyone who does this kind of series, I want you to take it serious. Like, yes, it's fun, shit talk, banter. But at the end of the day, like, have a plan of which records you want to go wear. And don't be so drunk that you fuck up. <laughs> It's really, it's really simple. And they, they checked off both of them boxes. They both was a, a little drunk. And both T-Pain and, and Lil John is, like, the talking drunk. So, like, the more they drink, the more they start talking. Like, they're the, I just love you niggas. I just love you niggas type niggas when they get drunk. So, but both of them play hits. And, like, they actually, both of them left, like, hits on the table that they could have played instead of, like, some of the shit they did play, like, for example, Lil John then played Chopped. I mean, not Lil John. T Pain then played Chopped and Screwed till a bonus round. Right. He didn't play Shorty till a bonus round. Lil John they played B.I.B. until a bonus round. You know how many people have gotten their ass beat to Lil John soundtracks? Listen, he is responsible for a lot of assaults. So you remember Second Saturdays in Cincinnati? Little John is Ooh. the reason why me and Braylon's godmother ended up having. We got jumped fucking around the Little John. Okay. So yes, I, I remember breaking a couple nails. I remember Listen, getting crowd out of hammerjacks. Lil John used to give ass beating instructions in the verse. Like, Represent your clip. Represent your clip. Walk up to that bitch ass nigga and say, who the fuck you with? Like just instructions on how to get it popping. So Do you know how many times? Little, listen, Little John is the reason why I was not allowed to go upstairs in hammerjacks for like maybe two or three parties. I got put out. Like, okay, absolutely. So, story, so quick story time. Um, this is this is back in my undergrad days at Miami University, and for those who know Miami, y'all know some a little something about a cabin party. Um, so this is this is one of those things. So, a cabin party was basically we we had this university owned cabin in the middle of the woods, in the middle of bumfuck. In Oxford, Ohio, which is already bumfuck, right. and you know we would we would rent it out. We this is all illegal, but you know statute of limitations is up, so I'm able to say it now. <laughs> we would uh, we would rent it out and throw parties there, and it would be the most epic party you would ever go to. So one of these parties, I think, I want to say 
It's the second one I went to as as alpha. We got our bread DJ in, and I promise you, this nigga pissed me off. And here's what this nigga pissed me off because he played, he played Bia Bia. He played fucked him other niggas, and he played. I want to say Wale's "Fuck You." He played like three fighting songs back to back to back. And I remember looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Because like, by, I'm telling him, like, fam, there's going to be a fight broken down this bitch by the end of the third song. <laughs> you know this, right? And he, and he drunk. He's like, man, I got it. I got it. Again, Negro Domus right here. But he, we play, I think, Wale's Fuck You, like, t- maybe 20 seconds, a fight broke out in that bitch. And mm-hmm. we're talking, like, not just, like, a baby fight. It's, like, a knockdown, drag-out fight. And the party was so lit that we stopped this bitch. We tried to settle it, figure it out, removed the offending parties. And niggas literally stopped. We removed the offending parties and then we got right back to it. We was like, all right, let's turn it up. <laughs> and so that's, oh that's, my God. that's, that's, that's a, like, that's, that's always the story, but I'm going to remember about that. But so they both played their hits. I think I had it as far as a like score. I want to say a tie. I think I had a tie. Um, but so Payne was, but the reason why I brought up T Payne was afterwards on his live, he's kind of just having a conversation with some fans. She's previewing new music, which sounds fire, by the way. The new music sounds like amazing. Okay. He needs to release that like immediately. Like I'm really upset he hasn't released it already. And so he's talking about how a lot of um, some people in the industry, singers, rappers, producers, whatever, um, weren't returning his calls because T-Pain is no longer quote-unquote hot. He's not at that same peak he was in like 05, 06, 07. And it made me think about how we treat people when they're on versus when they have a little bit of a fall. Because with T-Pain, his fall kind of came through because everyone started imitating him. Like, T-Pain can actually sing. T-Pain doesn't need auto-tune. Auto-tune needed T-Pain. Okay, and T-Pain can sing. Okay? Like, if you like if you haven't listened to his, his NPR Tiny Desk series or his... I was just about camp, to say like, that. He, he can sing, like, for real. But a lot of people who came after him, like the Ron Browse of the world, or pick any random rapper from, like, the mid-2000s, could, couldn't sing and was using the autotune as like a crutch to mask that. Didn't know how to right. use it for real. And so then, and of course, yet, you know, Kanye and Wayne were kind of big name followers. So then Jay Z right. made that for autotune. And he was right. really trying to like talk about the new niggas, but, but mm-hmm. because Payne was kind of the, the leader, the, the, the face of autotune, it derailed his career. Because everyone, you know, Jay Z has one of those things where it's like, if what whatever Jay Z is, pe- whatever Jay Z says, people are going to kind of try to like take that and go. You know what I mean? That's kind of he had that cachet. Right. So it derailed his career because on a shot that wasn't meant for him, honestly. Because Jay Z even said like, no, nah, I wasn't really, I wasn't really shooting that pain. I wasn't shooting that pain. I wasn't shooting that Kanye. I wasn't shooting that Wayne. I was shooting everybody else. Um, but in it derailed his career. So he's talking about how. And it's never really gotten back to that same level of hype. Like, he still releases good music. He still does what he does. Um, he he, he uh, canceled his tour because of low ticket sales, though. Which, newsflash, a lot of your artists, a lot of your faves, 
whenever they say a, a tour is postponed or canceled due to production issues, it's really low ticket sales. Right, absolutely. Or like when 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 Bieber postponed his tour or moved it from stadiums to arenas because of coronavirus concerns, it was low ticket sales. When Nikki canceled her U.S. leg of that tour for whatever album she had out, it was right. low ticket sales. I would just T-Pain like to go on record. I, I would just like to go on record and say that Beyonce would never do that. Carry on, ma'am. This is not. That's not the point. God damn it. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Beyonce would never do that. Shut up. Well, because Beyonce could breathe on a CD, and y'all would make it go platinum. So listen, it is what she, it is. I can listen to Beyonce sell- moan. And it would go platinum. Like, I'm going to buy it. It's fine. I can listen to Beyonce so, literally, like, do, like, vocal, right. warm up her vocals, and I would buy it. What all do you right. mean? Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Relax. Re-fucking-flex. Anyways. So, but T-Pain kept an eye on it. He was like, look, man, like, the team didn't really plan the shit right. So, the ticket sales was low. So, he was talking about how, like, people who used to accept his calls weren't accepting his calls because he wasn't hot anymore. And I, and I always, I always think about, um, before you burn a bridge, <clears throat> make sure you never have to use it again. Fair. Because again, T-Pain has not, he's not lost talent. He is still the same talented person he was at the beginning of his run. But because you won't necessarily get the clout now for having a T-Pain feature versus when you would, Back in like 05, 06, 07, where T Pain was literally featured on every song. And so now that same person that you use, and now you're not answering that calls. You're not, you're not, you're not work, replying back to the text messages. And we do that too in, 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 in a smaller scale. I will never be as big as T Pain right now. But there's people who like basically you lose 10 to 15 pounds or you know you mm-hmm. finally get a barber who don't fuck up your edge up or you or you fi- or you figure out the hairstyle that works for you <laughs> or you right. realize that maybe everything you shouldn't buy everything for fashion over maybe you should switch it up a little bit whatever you do to kind of become hot and those people who who gave you the ass to kiss now come around like hey friend, do you still want to do that or how you been it's just like it's frustrating. Right. <laughs> it's frustrating as shit. Because it's like, I get that. We, I, like, I think people think our memories are worse than they are. Right. And like, I remember how you treated me when you gave me your ass to kiss because I wasn't, I wasn't popping nigga out here. Right. And now because, again, and it, it may not even be you changed, but the perception around you changed. Not everybody's coming around like, it's just, it's funny how we treat the, and, and to see celebrities go through that too. Because again, for 97% of the industry has never done what T-Pain has done as far as accolades. Oh, absolutely. But because you're the hot, you, because you're the hot nigga male, you, you, you feel the need to like turn your back on someone or, 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 or ghost somebody who's out here trying to, you know, maybe he's trying to get back to where he is or just trying to make some good music. So that was something interesting for me. Right. I agree with you, friend. Like, you're not going to get too much argument from there. All, my only thought is put some respect on Teddy Pendergast Down's name. Y'all not going to keep disrespecting T-Pain. And also, we could talk about Like T-Pain. he didn't make your stomach. Okay. Like he didn't make, like he, like he didn't make bartender. Listen, bartender, listen, he, she made us drinks to drink. We drunk them and got drunk. That's a poem right there. Listen, that like he didn't, poem. like he didn't make drinking partner. 
Okay. Listen, drink the party. Drink the party was my shit, boy. <laughs> Low key, ex of mine almost ruined drinking party because that was her favorite song too. But that song too fire for her to let for me to let her ruin it. You know what's crazy is that Beyonce self titled almost got ruined because of who I was dealing with at the time. But then I thought about it. This is Beyonce. I'm not letting you ruin this shit. So I feel you, friend. I completely ruined. Listen, Rihanna, Rihanna almost got ruined for me because the this chick I was dating. In like college, that was her fave. I was she was she was true navy, and like she ghosted on me, and then popped up with a baby, <laughs> and I was like, "Listen, oh yeah, oh yeah, listen, niggas, I may not show it, but a nigga been through a lot." <laughs> she ghosted on me and popped up with a whole kid with her ex. I was like, "Oh, I all right, stand a queen, but that's that's wild." <laughs> but anyway, listen, um, fam. I was, I was, I'm so glad, like, she, got, I was like, oh, you lucky you pregnant, I can't have nobody beat your ass. That's wild. That, now that, I've never done that. I've, I've ghosted and then popped up with a whole boyfriend. I've done that. No, I ghosted and popped up with a whole marriage. But we'll talk about that another, that's another story. But, not, another but here's the thing, I, res- I respect it. If you, if you ghost me and pop up with the love of your life, all right, cool, shit, I've done that. I, I'm... Shit, so I'm probably in the process of doing that. Calvin, Calvin, I'm divorced. Let the let that you want the love of my life, and to be honest with you, I wasted both of our time. It's fine. Anyway, so you live and you learn, friend. You live and you learn. You do. So Talcum X is back at it again. Um, Hold on, before we get to Talcum X, before we because I really don't. <clears throat> um, to be quite honest, I don't really get two fucks about Sean King, but so I want to talk about Teddy Riley and how his um. His uh, old ass capitalism is fucking up a good thing. Okay, I'm listening. So we talked about the IG battles, and right. so but IG battle that was supposed to happen on Sunday, which was Teddy Riley and LA Reed, uh, Teddy Riley versus Babyface and LA Reed, twenty for twenty. Everybody was ready to go, picking out your best quarantine outfit. Because you know, if you if you if you don't know who Teddy Riley and Babyface is, you're not you're not part of the culture. To be you quite honest, to be quite honest, <laughs> like you you just you just ain't gonna get it. You ain't gang. You ain't none of that shit. And so then when it didn't happen, we're all like, why? Like, what the fuck do you niggas have to do during a quarantine that you can't do this battle? <laughs> it's not like you have to like another event you have to go to. You have nothing to go to. We're all in the house. <laughs> And right. so then Teddy Riley started opening his Beijing ass mouth. So Teddy, the reason why Teddy Riley versus Babyface was postponed was because Teddy Riley doesn't want to do it on IG Live. He wants to do it on a platform which I think his company owns a, st- uh, owns a stake in. And he wants to be able to either, I think Babyface wants to get paid for it. And Teddy Riley wants to charge people to see it. Fuck both of y'all. And, and so I've, I've been, I was arguing a little bit, you know, because again, during this quarantine, niggas ain't got nothing but time to argue with niggas. <laughs> I'm working on that, but you know, God, God still got me. Oh no, um, I'm still booked and, and busy, arguing. honey. I, I ain't arguing nobody. I'm going, I, listen, I'm not going back and forth with none of you niggas. Fuck you. Just because we quarantined don't mean I got time. I don't have it. But no, nah, this one was with HD, actually. I was arguing with HD, and sh- so sad HD. But that's the only reason I entertained this argument, because it's HD, and I know this nigga in real life. I'm not arguing with strangers. Oh, okay. Good for <laughs> but, you, Frank, because uh, I was about to drag you. I'm not arguing with strangers. I'm arguing with niggas that, like, 
if this quarantine was acting like a pull-up and talk to a real life about the same shit. And this is not arguing, it's a debate. A debate and an argument is different, right? So I'm, you. so I'm over here like, nigga, what? Like, I'm over here like, nigga, Teddy Riley, read the room, bro. N- t- niggas are in the middle of a pandemic. 10 million niggas plus are laid off from jobs right now. And you want to charge me $10 to watch you two niggas do an IG live? You want to charge me $10, essentially. You want to charge me $10 for a mixtape, bro. You can keep it. Not even a mixtape. A mixtape has better quality. Like, you want me to, excuse me, for not a, not a concert. Not a concert. Not a new body of work. It'd be one thing if it was like, nah, me and t- me and baby things are coming with a joint project. I want you to spend $10 on it. Okay, we'll talk about it. No. I do that. And so, but here was, and especially when you start doing the math. So T Pain and and John at its peak was like at like three hundred thousand. Tory Live on his quarantine radio, which just got shut down today because Instagram can't have black people doing anything. Nah, he was like, wilding. He, he was fucking wilding. But it's not his fault if the pussy lips happen to pop out while she's twerking. It's not oh his my fault. god! It's not, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's not Boozy fault. It's not. It's not their fault. Anyways, but Tory Lane had like three hundred fifty thousand on his last quarantine radio. Let's do the math. You want every one of them viewers to pay you ten dollars. If we do that math at three fifty, which I mean, Teddy Riley and Babyface would get three fifty. Like, right? Them niggas, like them niggas, have like Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston and as their big jokers and Johnny. Like, it's not Drake. But you pull a big, you pull Drake against Teddy Riley, he laughs and pulls out with the Houston. Like it's it's a di- it's different, right? Them niggas at ten dollars a pop for every viewer. If they get three hundred fifty thousand viewers, which it was Sunday at six, nigga, that's three point five million dollars. Right. Teddy Riley's net worth is four million dollars. To put in perspective, excuse me, you that's tour money, nigga. The fuck. Who the fuck do you think you are? Right. But HD was talking and HD and HD was talking and HD was like, you don't want these niggas to get paid to entertain and like their reputation might take a hit because whoever loses, they're going to place that person under um, the other person. He was talking about how the Manny Fresh Scott Stork battle. And I was like, like how like people wouldn't are now going to go for Scott Storch for a hit before Manny Fresh. And in my rebuttal, and I know I just had an argument with myself in a story, but y'all be all right. But my argument is like, as long as you take this shit seriously, your stock doesn't drop. Like to a lot of people, Payne lost to John, but people are putting respect on Teddy Pendergast Down's name because they because they realize like, no nigga, this nigga, I have twenty hits back to back to back. Like a lot of people think Neo lost to John to Austin, but we're putting respect on both of their niggas' names because so- like, nigga, you. Talk to me. Go ahead. All right. So my thing about it is this, right? I think that there it's just extremely, like you said, read the fucking room, my guy. Now is not the time. You're already, you've already made money off these records. And to be honest with you, if they're paying attention at all, their streaming revenues go up the moment that they go live with these songs. Do you know that off of just mm-hmm. the Neo versus Johnson Austin, they started trending again on iTunes. So your your streaming services go up. You're you're going to see an upturn in revenue either way. 
A, B, this mm-hmm. is how I know that these niggas are out of touch with the industry to that to which they've served in or that they've produced in because nobody is buying content like that. That's not how we consume music in this day and age. Artists are making their money on the road and through streams. That's how they make their money, my guy. Motherfuckers are not paying for CDs out the out, out their ass. They're not doing that anymore. So like I Let, said, listen, not Apple, only Apple not music only do you is sound, 999 a month. Right. Not only do you sound tone deaf, but you're extremely out of touch, out of touch with the industry that you serve in. That's not the way niggas are making their money anymore, boo. That's not the way that artists, and excuse me, that's not the way fans are consuming music these days. So the fact that you thought that that was going to be a good idea and you try to monetize off of the way that black people, because let's be honest, black people are the ones tuning into these things. We're the ones that are making this shit popular. You're, you're monetizing off of something that's supposed to be about entertainment and relief in a, in a moment in crisis that we're supposed to be coming together. So it's trifling. So yeah, it, honestly, like it's a huge fuck you to Teddy Riley and Babyface. Like that's some bullshit. That's some bullshit. And it's like you... again, we talk about capitalism being a disease, right? And it's like at, the reason why this thing became popping was because it was natural. Like with, with Timbo and Swiss going on for like hours, you know, and like and then Sean Garrett being drunk and high off cocaine, but like figuring shit out and then to like making okay cool instead of just long diatribe we doing 20 records back to back play like a minute each you know getting some rules no one no one was mad at like getting rules and no one was even mad at um timbo and swiss like facilitating it no one was mad at that because it needed a little bit of facilitation from the first couple it was like we needed some structure but now you go from structure to like you want people to pay for it. And now you got Pleasure P of all people saying, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I was going to do it with Bobby V, but like Tim Bone Swiss hit my line. So you need to do it the proper way and like get the paperwork. No one gives a fuck. No one asked for Pleasure P versus Bobby V battle. No one asked. Who the fuck asked for that? Do either one of these niggas have 20 bangers to like play? I'm going to be completely honest. The moment these y'all niggas start talking about, and that's the thing, y'all have taken something that's supposed to be fun and lighthearted and simply just for the fans, just for the fuck of it. Like, not everything needs to be a moment. Not everything needs to be monetized. Not every, not every little thing that y'all do needs to be about profit. And I'm be honest. Neo and Jonta Austin, they definitely set the pace and set the standard because that shit was just pure fun, lighthearted entertainment. You like, like it's almost like you, ne- you know. Neo like, and um, Neo and Jackson Austin and T Pain and versus Jenna was like the yin yang of each other. It was R and B versus rap. But it was you want to know what this reminds me of? Music. It reminds yeah. me of when black people are enjoying things and white people come and try to do it too, and now all of a sudden it's just not fun anymore. This is exactly like, what this like, feels what? like. Like TikTok. Like tick. Thank you. This is gonna come to my next point. <laughs> But you, you like how I, I, I lied that to you, right? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I absolutely. But it just reminds me, like the moment that black people start doing things and then white people get their hands on it, it's just simply put, not fun anymore. So, like for instance, the challenges. A, don't tag me in no challenges, y'all. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I love I, y'all I, to death. Listen, I don't have the energy. I will for never. It. I will never be so bored to download TikTok. I will never. 
I, I, there's still shows and movies on Netflix I haven't watched yet. I got a whole PS4 and a PS3 at the crib. I will never, ever be bored enough to download TikTok. I put that, I put that on everything I love. I will never do it. I watch know, y'all's though. I watch I'm going to download. Instagram. I download TikTok because my kiddo has TikTok. And so I need to monitor it sort of di- uh, sort of situation. But like for me personally, no, I'm not. I think it's cute. I support my friends that do you it. You got kids though. So it makes sense. If you got kids, I get it. Like if you got like a, cause um, you know, shout out to Corey. Corey had to download it cause you know, baby queen wanted to do some TikTok. So I was like, you know what? Cool. I ain't got no kids. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> I ain't doing that shit. I will watch y'all so. Listen, right. but also, can we uh, can we switch up some of the challenges? I know I am. I love. Okay, y'all don't rush challenges. Be fire and like you know, all the homies have done one. Beloved has done one. All y'all niggas have done it. It's great. But a, I'm tired of seeing seeing it because it's the same shit. B, some of y'all niggas look like y'all did rush. Stop. stop. That's not nice. <laughs> That's not nice at all. That's not nice, Calvin. That's not nice. I don't like that. I don't like it either. Nigga, like, I mean, like, you I don't did like rush. That. How long did you take? The, how long did you take? And third, even if you don't rush, nigga, how long that process is for like a 15 second clip is astonishing to me. Like, you, you know, put on a whole face and a whole outfit. Do you see exactly face. why I don't want to do it? Now, I could see if I had somewhere to go and I was like, okay, I'm going to give you the before and after because I have to get dressed anyway. But I'm doing all of this to sit in my fucking house. I am so sorry. Number one. And, here's, and, and, and get new selfies off. And it's just me. And who am I to take away from anybody's joy? So please understand this is a standalone opinion. This is just me and my thoughts by myself, okay? So, excuse me. So the way I feel about it, honestly, is... If you know me, I, I like, I don't like clothes. I do not like getting dressed. I do it very well. Do not get me wrong. But that does not mean that I, I take enjoyment on putting on fucking clothes. Okay. I miss having somewhere to go that requires me to get dressed. I don't miss the process of getting me dressed. It takes me two hours to fully get into bad bitch mode. That's a lot of fucking time for me to go nowhere. Okay. Listen. That when challenge I tell you, would irritate me. When I tell you. I have to text you, Jade, and give you like a time that's like 30 minutes before the time I actually need y'all in because order for you all to be like 15 minutes late. My friends that I grew <laughs> up with, when we used to head out, they used to say, okay, they used to have to tell me the night before what time to be dressed for the next day because they knew off top, Alex is going to be late. Not only is she going to be late, but she's going to change three times. She Listen, me throwing a fit about not having nothing to wear has been me since I was 18. I don't have nothing to wear. I'm not going. I'm going to throw a tantrum. Mind you, you mind you, your entire closet is is stacked from wall to wall like a Chris Brown song. I have two. And just I have two walk-in closets full of nothing to wear. I don't care if I don't like that's my the fit. Biggest, I'm not that's going. the biggest thing I had to understand about women. I mean, one of the biggest things. I still don't understand y'all. To be quite honest, I'm working, but I'm just like, Cam, you have all of this. How, I don't why care. You, why is nothing working? 
I don't like it. I don't like anything I put on. I don't feel it. I'm not feeling sexy. I don't like it. I don't fucking like it. And I'm not going. And then I lay in my bed, tears rolling down my eyes while I'm baking my makeup. And I'll say, you know what? I do have that old dress with the tag still on. Or I have this thing that I haven't worn in a while. I'm going to throw that on instead. And then that's that. Like, genuinely. Like, I'm going to throw a tantrum, but I'm going to get my shit together. So that's why the whole don't rush challenge, it's cute. And I support everybody that does it. It's just not for me because I hate getting dressed. I genuinely fucking hate it. And and this is also why Calvin pulls up after everyone's already ready. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Calvin does it. Calvin will pull up ready. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't like the whole me waiting for you and watching the process of you throw a tantrum, even though you have 10 outfits ready to go. So I just pull up afterwards. I'm like, let me know when you're ready. I'll drive over. It's fine, right? So speaking of stupidity, um, uh-huh. Yaya Mayweather was dating. Is a um, dumbass. Was no. Let me finish my point, fool. But Yaya Mayweather <laughs> is Floyd Mayweather's daughter, and she was right. dating NBA Young Boy for a little bit of time. Now, mind you, NBA Young Boy has fifty eleven. NBA keys. Young Herpes. Can I finish my damn thought, Calvin? Now, eh, NBA- maybe. NBA young boy has about 50 lamb kids and he has allegedly, you know, been diagnosed with herpes. Okay. And so he was dating Yaya Mayweather. He mm-hmm. gets caught cheating. Yaya Mayweather confronts him and, and his side chick. She leaves the scene, returns to the scene and ends up stabbing the woman that um, NBA young boy was with. And leaves her in critical condition. Now she's being charged with aggravated and felonious assault. Okay. Which she's lucky it's not attempted murder. To be right. Because she's recovering. Okay. Couple things I would um, like to. Couple things here. Yeah. Right. Couple, cu- couple things. Number one. Go. First of all, she jumped the young lady and allegedly lost the fight, which is why she ended up returning to stab her up anyway. Baby, you're supposed to stab the nigga, not the girl. No, but also, I think, no. She, if you was going to stab anybody. She left, she left after, no, she didn't leave. Young boy kind of made her leave. Young boy was like, get the fuck out. I so mean, she yeah. Got out, she got out, came back with, 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 the, with, with, with the choppy chop on her. With and the choppy chop on her. With, 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 the little, with, the, with the little switchblade or whatever the fuck. Started the fight was then was losing the fight in order to like salvage the fight stab shorty, so she went out like a bitch because she you, how you gonna introduce the knife when we throwing hands like you and you also no you can even pinch the bitch and your daddy is Floyd Mayweather. Anyway, Listen, but you know what's crazy is that my dad used to sell dope. That don't mean I know how to do it. So I, I completely understand. I can I get it. I, I completely understand. Anyway, the point that I'm making is here is this. There's a couple things I wanted to touch on, right? Number one. Can we talk about how NBA Youngboy went on live, like, the night of and called Yaya his wife and woke, woke Yaya from her sleep. Shorty was slumbering and then got her on live just to call, just to make, just to call her daddy, again, an undefeated professional boxer, a bitch-ass nigga. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. You know what? We're all the same way T.I. thought he was going to run up on fucking Floyd Mayweather too. <coughs> stupidity is young in this, you know? Stupidity is a stupid, stupid is a stupid does. Okay? But, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, the, here's a couple things. Number one, the nigga's never worth it. You are facing actual jail time for felonious assault 
with a deadly weapon over a nigga who is going to continue to cheat on you. You are in your 20s. You're young 20s at that, sis. That nigga is she's, never. She, I think she's just 20. I think she's 20. That's even, like, that, that, that makes my point even further. You, these niggas are never fucking worth it, dog. In my big grown ass age, you're lucky. I'm not going to hold you. Have I thrown hands over a nigga? Absolutely. I sure have. And my big, dumbass, teenage-ass Alex has, young 20-year-old Alex has thrown hands over a nigga. I absolutely have. Absolutely fucking have. I have also damaged some property. Young, dumbass Alex has made some young, dumbass decisions, right? But in my big-ass age, the one thing I've always noticed is that the nigga that I threw hands over, I don't even talk to no more. That property that I damaged, that car that I fucked up, I don't even know who that nigga is anymore. I cannot even tell you where that nigga's located at this current point in time. My point is that it's never fucking worth it and life moves on, right? Also, Floyd Mayweather failed her as a father because there's no motherfucking way that my dad is of the 1% and the one thing I'm chasing after is a bitch-ass nigga. Ain't no fucking way. There's no motherfucking way. See, hold on, hold on. See, I was with you. I'm with you on half of that, right? Like, and this, this might be the point where we start arguing. Mm-hmm. So, yes, again, please do not catch a charge over any partner unless that partner is like defending themselves and you jump in. Like, you get do you niggas know? catching charges over niggas catching charges over community dick and community pussy is not, it's never the good look. But the only man I, on the know. face of the planet. The only man on the face of the planet I'm ever catching a fucking charge over, the only niggas I'm catching charges over is my father and Braylon. That's about it. I'm not sitting in jail behind no nigga that has eight baby mamas and herpes. Get the fuck out of here, bro. No. But the second part is um, we, we know the end result, but there's also a lesson of, like, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make it drink. And so, I, we don't know how Floyd, Floyd raised his daughter. We, I mean, we, we just know what we see of Floyd. We know what he produces. We know he's a boxer. We know he has a history of domestic violence disputes and allegations. We also know that his baby mama just passed a month ago. So, this is, a, and, and his, uh, his uncle passed, like, two months, so, like, I know we, we talk shit about Floyd Mayweather a lot, but Floyd is going through a lot right now. So, like, a lot of people around him are getting fucked up, like, and losing their lives, whether literally or, like, figuratively in the last, like, two to three months. But we don't know how Floyd raised his daughter. We don't, but you, but my point is, I can give you everything. I can give you the keys. I can try to tell you the game. I can try to show you the route. If you choose to not go that route, there's a level of accountability that has to be on the person who chose to go the other way. If I tell you path A will lead you to millions of dollars, if you just do path A, if you just employ in, in Yaya's case, if you just sit there and I don't mean to be sexist, if you just sit there and shut the fuck up and be a daughter of a nigga who's worth hundreds of millions of dollars and don't do no dumb shit. You will also have hundreds of millions of dollars and your freedom. That's path A. Path B is what she chose to go fuck with a nigga who, who, in all intents and purposes, 
is a is a wild dumbass. <laughs> How much of that is on me? Again, again, we, I don't know the particulars, but if I showed you the ropes, if I show you, here's how you maintain some level of normalcy, and you choose to go the other way, all of that ain't on me. Like, so let me be like, real. Yeah. Let me be real. So in my life, right, there are some decisions that I know I've made that have made my parents look at me very in a very questionable manner. Like, this isn't the daughter that I've raised, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But at the same time, my parents being my parents at, at the age of which these, some of these mistakes were made, they're still accountable for those actions. Okay. I got pregnant. For instance, I got pregnant at 17. I was a child. I had my son at 18. My parents clearly did not agree with me being pregnant, but as my parents, they are still accountable for the decisions that were made and the actions that were made that led me to be put into a position to be pregnant in the first place. There's going to be some decisions. I speak as a parent. There are some decisions that I can see that my son, that I know, because this is life, that my son is going to make that I'm not 100% going to stand behind. But I'm still, because I'm his mom, I'm accountable for putting him in a position to either put him in a position to be in front of or out of those kind of situations. You're accountable for your child. She's 20 years old. She's 20 years old. Those are decisions that are made that you may not agree with as a parent. At all. I don't agree with this decision whatsoever. But I'm accountable for being able to put you in and out of those positions. As somebody... No, and what I'm saying is that, no, he can't control her. He can't move her life. He can't do none of that. But as a parent, good, bad, or indifferent, your children are the ultimate reflection of you. Period. I just look at it like this. And this this is my own perspective. So take this for whatever you will. Dog, I have to sneeze so bad, and I'm scared to do it because I know everybody's gonna think I got the Rona. <laughs> put, put put your put your phone on mute, baby, or go ahead get get, get a. Sneeze I'm out. so scared. I'm so scared because it was like on the t- it's one of those where it was tickling my nose, and I'm like, bro, please don't sneeze on wax. Please don't sneeze on wax. <laughs> like, oh my god, she's sick. She's sick. No, and good and damn well, it's fucking April. It's allergy season. They got all this fucking pollen going around. Even the people with no allergies cannot withstand fucking pollen. Leave me alone. But so I look at it like this. I mean, again, we don't know what goes on in their closed doors. But if I make it out of the hood, because Floyd made it out the hood. Floyd grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you've been to Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids, it's not sweet over there. Shout out, uh, shout out to you. Like, it's not sweet over there. <laughs> he made it out there to where I'm, where I'm now. I'm at where I'm at. Have a multi-million dollar home. I am worth millions of millions of dollars i got you out of the hood i got you out of the hood like i made it i made i made it easier for you than it was for me that is that is the job of a parent to make sure you don't have to struggle the same way i struggle and then and maybe this is your point where it's like i don't whatever internal motivations that you've been instilled or you've learned through whatever so Sorry about the technical difficulties. Again, we are trying a new technology here. So we, this is a test run. This is a test out space. So, you know, play us fuck up sometimes. So, shit happens. Um, so what I would say was, I think, I understand how we generally view Floyd Mayweather. And I'm not necessarily defending every action that Floyd Mayweather has ever done. Because for some things that are un- 
defendable. Um, but I will say that if I come from somewhere that's under underrepresented, underprivileged, and I make something out of myself, I, I give my kids an easier life than what I've had. I've moved them from the hood to, 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 to mansions and where if they want to, they don't have to work a day in their life. I show them path A, which is like, look, just be my daughter. You don't have to do anything crazy. You don't have to put yourself at risk. You are set for life because of who your father is. And I show you that right. path. And you, on your own accord, choose a, another path. A path B that ends in you stabbing some rapper side chick. That's not all on the father here. That's not. Like, there's a percentage. I mean, no. I'm not saying that she's not accountable for her own actions. She is not. I mean, she is. Excuse me. She's absolutely accountable for her own actions. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. However, that does not absolve Floyd Mayweather and it does not call into question his parenting. I'm so sorry. If I go out here and I get to shooting up motherfuckers and acting fucking nuts, y'all can be like, bro, who raised her? If kiddo goes out into this world and becomes a fucking degenerate, y'all are going to be like, who the hell was his parents? You're going to ask those questions. So no, calling into question for Mayweather's parenting when his adolescent child I mean, when he's not adolescent, but when his dumbass daughter goes out here and does some dumbass shit is not is not so far fetched. It's absolutely not. Calvin, you go out here and you do some dumbass shit. We're calling your deacon mama. We're calling her. You love referring to my mom as a deacon. It's not even and that's not even her real title. Because you know what? The jokes are funnier than the truth. OK, but it's just but you would also you would you would call, you know, my mom or whatever. But you would also know that. Because you, my mom didn't raise me to do whatever dumbass shit that I did. You feel me? Like you know what I'm saying? Like you would get you but would, also, you, you would like I know because you know parenting and that, maybe that's where Floyd kind of comes falls short because we don't have. But also Floyd Mayweather himself, right? But Floyd Mayweather himself has opened up his dumbass and made himself and proven us all right that he's a goddamn fool. So his daughter going out here and doing some dumbass shit is not so far fetched to me either. It's not. It's really, really not. And it's unfortunate. It, it really bothers me that this is where, like, of all the opportunities and all the things she could be doing with the money, power, and influence that she comes from, this is what you decide to do. I, it's extremely disappointing to see. Like, you, le you legitimately hate to fucking see it, dog. I don't, I, like, I don't want that for her. Especially over no nigga who's going to be here today, gone tomorrow, because there is no longevity for a young boy, NBA young boy. See, there is no longevity for him. I don't see that. Well, that's because you're not his target audience, right? Like, you're right. You're, you're, you, you would readily admit you are not young boy's target audience. However. Absolutely. I don't know that boy. I, I don't. Who is this man? But. Who is this young man? I don't fucking know. If, if we, he, if, he's, I would put him in one of those like categories of one of these rapper, rainbow colored ass rappers that I'm not going to. I'm not too invested into your music or your longevity or your career. I'm not interested. Until somebody, honestly, when it comes to these newer boys, you have to blatantly put them in my face and make me tune into their music because I know I'm not your talking audience. You're not, it's not for me. This music is not being made for me. And I can say, sit here and say that. This, this shit's not for me. But when I see a black woman, a black young girl with potential, with money, with the world literally at the palm of her hand being stupid over dick, over a nigga who literally career could be here today, gone tomorrow. All of this shit just reads as fucked up to me. 
knowing that you come and knowing what you come from is greatness. Now, my personal opinions about Floyd Mayweather aside, the man is literally one of the most talented athletes our generation has ever seen. Arguably one of the best. Okay. So to know that that's where you come from and this is what you're, you're, what you, what you have become in this moment is disappointing. And I pray that she comes out of this on the opposite side as a better woman. I pray that this is not who she is. I'm praying that this is some young, dumbass, 20-year-old shit. That's what I want for her. Yeah. I want this to be a moment of time, not her entire identity. I mean, because, I mean, we, we didn't, I didn't necessarily stab a nigga over a chick. Um, you got to have, like, real-life girlfriends to, like, care that much to stab somebody over. But we no both did some ass. dumb shit. <laughs> We both did some dumb shit at 20. You feel me? Like, we just didn't have famous parents that our dumb mistakes were shade room and Twitter fodder. You know what I mean? We just. Right. So I try to, I try to extend grace, but you know, Shorty, your, your, your dad owns like half of Nevada, basically. Like, relax. You can find you. Please go some sit down somewhere. That doesn't have I'm so sh- Listen. Sis, I will give you new dick, okay? If that's what, if this is all this is about, if this is all this is about, I can find you some new dick. You just a couple of my exes, down I will pass a millionaire. You. you ain't slick. Okay, and <laughs> trying to trying to pretend like you're out here doing this out of the goodness of your heart. You just want to say you fucked a millionaire again. You know what? You're really loud. You're really fucking loud. <laughs> you're, that was like, like you screamed. You screamed. That wasn't necessary. <laughs> Any fucking way. It's Trapper Tide, nigga. Listen, so Young Jeezy has, has proposed to... He has. And he has now proposed to Jeannie Mae, who is the host of one of the co-hosts of The Real. And the reason why for me this is so... I don't know why we care, right? But why it's so noteworthy and something worth talking about is because not too long ago, Jeannie Mae on the same show that has made her a household name at this point was the same woman who went on the internet and said, or went on her live national television and said that black men are pretty much good for dick. And it was a fet, and that she had fetishized, that black men were good enough to sleep with, they weren't good enough to marry. That was her preference. Now she's now engaged to the same kind of black men that you just said were not marriage material. All right. Now, criticisms about her aside, what we are seeing is like the influx, especially with on TikTok and all these these apps that now niggas are at home and just bored. That the fetish, I really want us to like take a second to really discuss how fetishized black men are when it comes to white white women. And I'm actually like, it makes me sick to my stomach. Just uh, let me know when you're ready to tag me in, because we might argue, but I got some points to take off anyway. Go ahead, friend. Go ahead. So a couple things. One, black people are fetishized, right? Um, and but also, black people do fetishizing. Fam, in re- research of this topic, right, the, fetish, the interracial fetishization, I stumbled on what I'm going to call the white man's whore Twitter of a world. And oh, no. it's a bunch of black women, like on TikTok really just out here fetishizing and caping for white men. And I never thought I would see that in like such blatancy. 
Is blatancy a word? It is, it is today. Fuck it. We're in quarantine. I can make up words. Um, words have been hard for a very long time, friend. Yeah, yeah. So, but, and it's like, oh, when he tells you that you're pretty for a black girl and then just like some dance and like, you know, just like, so fetishization has always been there. Um, but kind of going back to your original point, with the fetishes, I mean, white women and black men have been a hot topic since Emmett Till. <laughs> since before Emmett Till. Right. If we're, if we're keeping it 100. You know what I mean? Like, and so that's, listen, we talked about my deacon mama, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. My deacon mama has told me from the moment I knew what women were for real, that white women are dangerous. <laughs> and then going to Miami University, where they, where they make white women, it's like the home of white, it's like white women headquarters. I was able to see that full, full, full view. Um, what I will say is that for a lot of times, for the black men who, you know, because for, for every black man that like capes or white women, there's like four who don't. But we just notice the loud nigga caping for white women. But it's always a loud minority that gets our attention because it's clickbait. It's clickbait. And so what I would say is a lot of times if you've never experienced love for real, fetishization feels like love. If you've never experienced yes. true love. If you yes. never experienced someone actually loving you for who you are, not what you could do. If you never experienced someone loving you with, with your flaws and everything else, being fetishized feels like love because you have this person who is just so in, infatuated with your physical traits or whatever they're infatuated with. Like, ooh, he, he has an accent or ooh. He, he's black and he, I know he has a big dick because he's black and all black men have big, all of this shit, right? But when you haven't experienced true love and we talk about black men's mental health a lot here, we talk about black boys' mental health a lot. And again, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of black men, whether it's because they were quote unquote too hood, not hood enough, didn't fit in, you know, all sorts of variables that come into play have never never really experienced true love to know the difference between being fetishized and being loved so if i ever i ain't never been loved before this person comes along who's just gassing me up because of because of my chocolate skin or because i'm so big and strong and and all of this shit it might trick me and then we have you know the self-hating black people because again we notice black men do it more because because as far as like social media is concerned, black women are the culture of social media culture of social media, if we're being quite honest. Like, and this is not a shade, this is actually a big up compliment. Like, your shit don't pop for real unless black women are allowed to pop. And that's just facts. Like No, that's facts. And so because you want to talk that, about you want to talk about black culture in its entirety, you need to start with black women. And, and so, that's just not that's that's not me capping. That's exactly and, what it and, is. And the so culture begins of, and ends with black women. That, so because of that, we often have to then be very wary as far as the narratives that are being promoted on social media specifically, because we know social media in the real world are two entirely different things. But on social media specifically, of course. We're going to hear about the black men 
talking, you know, lusting over the white women more than we hear the inverse because of because of because of the kind of the, the narrative that is being pushed. And then, like, I literally studied and, like, I was literally looking through this shit because I was like, I want to be prepared with, like, facts and antidotes. And, or, you know, when we talk about this, and I, and I stumbled on white, white man whore Twitter, as I call it. <laughs> they call it themselves. I am a white man's whore. And just was like, oh, this is what it, this is what it's, you know, you see from the other side. So we talk about um, fetishization. And, I mean, we can fetishize our own people. There's, a, there's plenty of people who fetishize depending on what fraternity fraternity that you're in or depending on your height or depending on what certain affiliations that you have. Like they make those stereotypes that sound good because they're positive, but they're still stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And we do that to ourselves. And it's not I'm not excusing white women or and white men, especially white women doing it to us, because the difference here is then we add a level of internalized racism into this discussion. Like you, right. and this is something that I learned going to Miami. It was like white women, 90% of white women, again, we're making up stats here, but fuck it, have go through a phase of rebellion to their parents at some point when they, when they, when they were old enough to think they're grown, right? And for a lot of them, if they're not, our, if they're not, super racist at this point already which some of them are we'll talk about karens in a minute i mean thank you because i was literally getting ready to be my next point but um they but they want to rebel and a lot of times they'll rebel because we we hold women's purity and sanctity on this really weird pedestal as a society and they're like "Ooh, i'm a fucking black guy because i that'll piss my dad off or "Ooh, i'm gonna get edgy and you know date outside my race for the first time because i'm i'm at college now and there's black people here holy shit and because it's 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 it because they weaponize our skin they weaponize who we are that's racism because you feel like i'm black but i'm supposed to go to, i'm supposed to like fuck you like a savage because i'm black i automatically have all of these traits because i'm black that's right. It's, it, it, it's racism. And I think one thing that we forget sometimes is racism isn't always hillbillies, niggas who look like Joe Exotic coming in in, in in the Confederate trucks calling you nigger. It's that too, because you assume I'm such a savage because I'm African-American. But, ooh, like my dad's not going to like this. So I'll bring this black guy home or I'm going to bring a respectable black guy home because he's still, you know, corporate clean cut but because he's black he's automatically a little dangerous right all of that also, shit like that shit is, 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 is to it's add wild. to that point calvin right but to add to that point not i don't have a problem with interracial couples i do not have a problem with interracial dating i i really i truly do not give a flying fuck about your about your preferences i do not care the two things that i care about are leave black women out of the conversation because whenever you ask it's always, it always boils down to what black women aren't instead of what you see in your partner. It, that's all, every time it boils down to the conversation. So my only issue, my only thing about interracial dating is keep black women's names out your mouth. Don't make the conversation about us. We didn't ask. We don't want, like, it's not about us. So don't make it about us. And two, stand up in your racism. Stand up in your fetish. Stand up in it. Don't, be, don't, co- don't try to sugarcoat it. Don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. 
I will say this. You're with this black person. You're with this black person. You're with this person because of everything. If you're with your partner, your black male partner, your black or black woman partner, or your white woman or your white man, because of everything that black people aren't, it's a fetish. And you have some serious unpacking to do. But one thing I will say, encounter, and we've had this discussion plenty of times. Um, I remember one of the first episodes you were on, actually, we talked about Michael B. Jordan. And it's like the, the, the conversation changes a little bit when it's one of our quote unquote good black brothers. You know, what's, what's the Kanye lyric that he lived out his life? When he get on, he leave your ass for a white girl. The only, only caveat I will say is like, uh, when, it's, when it's a Michael B. Jordan or a Kyrie Irving or someone who has no, who's dated black women, who has no, you know, record of dissing black women or dissing, you know, showing colorism, showing any of that, and he show, somehow pops up with a white woman, energy's a little different. That's the only caveat. I'll be honest with you, because it's frustrating. Because think about it. Of the pool of black men, and I hate to say it like this, of the pool of like, quote unquote, good black men, right? They're, they're, it's slim pickings. And then you have to weed out the ones that have weird white woman fetishes. So then the pool gets even smaller. And then when we do see eligible black men and their preference or the, not even their preference, but they just so happen to ironically or just out of chance end up with somebody who's uh, uh, end up with a woman who's not black or racially ambiguous, or light-skinned, or any of those things, it's not that we can necessarily take offense to it, but it is extremely typical. So it's not that, okay, for instance, Michael B. Jordan has never outwardly said he has any disdain or, or anything against, necessarily anything against black women, but it does get particularly frustrating when it's just like, okay, like, I, I can't be offended because there is nothing to be offended by, but it is typical. It is extremely typical. And then, and the then we get into and the conversation of statistics, just actual stats, right? And the conversation of actual stats proves the loud minority part of it, right? Where, you know, we've, we've heard the stats. 88% of black men, black men who are married are married to black women. And we're talking about, we're talking about the 12%, right? And so, but it's also because it's such a loud 12%. Now, as a black man, I have to, it's like, <laughs> I have to defend myself for, you know, if I choose, if I choose to date a, a, a dark-skinned woman, a light-skinned woman, a white woman, a racially ambiguous woman, like it's like, it's like I'm on edge, and it's like unless you are dating, but also it, let, hold on, hold on, it was, but unless you are dating like someone like Lupita, there's someone who's going to come in and say you're being colorist, you're being you're, you're you're being colorist, you only like white women, like it's one of those things where it's like. Come on, man. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I wish, I wish we would allow, again, if this, I, w I wish we allow people who are not speaking out against black people to date who they want without, without being like, huh, so typical or, oh, look at you being I a white man toward. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just like, on if, the flip if, side they, if that, they speak and put their foot in their mouth, it's one, it's one thing. But also, Calvin, on the flip side of that, as a black woman, especially when it comes to, there's not anything that I do as a black woman that isn't political. Nothing, anything that I choose to say, wear, do, down to the, my choice in clothing, down to the way that, like, even my tone of voice, my, 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 um, 
the way I articulate myself down to the career that I choose, to the friends that I have, my social groups, the settings that I choose to be a part of. Everything that I do as a black woman is a political statement. Everything that I do as a black woman, I at some point have had to justify. At some point, I've had to justify my Puerto Rican husband. I've had to justify having a child, um, being a teenage mom. I've had to justify the career that I have. I've had to justify hairstyles. I've had to justify hair color. I've had to justify um, my wardrobe because of the way that my body is shaped, being that I am a bustier woman. Every little thing that I do is political. Every little thing. So to an extent, I hear you. But also to another extent, when we talk about black men and holding them accountable and having conversations about their dating preferences, when it comes to interracial dating, it's never about, oh, my white wife is just an amazing woman. She just so happens to be white. It's always about everything black women aren't. When time and time again, black women have shown you everything that we are. So I hear you, but I'm not feeling it. And so, I'm going to be honest. Well, well, of course you don't. Because again, when we, when we play, when we're not trying to play the game, but it's also like, if if you feel hurt, turn around and hurting me is it going to make you feel less hurt? It's just going to make somebody else feel that hurt too. So you feel like you have to justify everything that you do, right? Cool. No one's saying that you are wrong in that statement. I'm not saying that you don't. I understand that. But but then when you turn around and use the fact that you have to justify everything that you do to justify to 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 as a reason why someone else should justify everything that they do. That's not, that's not helping any matter here. <laughs> like it's not. No, it's, and I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that when you are asked to hold some type of accountable, it's not about saying, oh, because I got my finger pricked, everybody needs theirs, theirs, theirs pricked as well. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we all have to hold on to our own bags. When you're asked to hold on to yours, hold on tight and stand up in that shit. That's all I'm asking because me as a black woman and the shit that I go through, like I tell, I say it all the time. I'm not here to play the oppression Olympics, but if we are going to talk about accountabilities, this is one that black men specifically need to stand up in. And because it, when it comes down to interracial sell. dating and, but when it, uh, you said what? It's a, it's a hard, it's a hard sell to tell, to tell 88% of black men who marry black women that you're not, that you're not, Appreciating, but it's it's a hard sell, right? Because I'm because it's like we have it's the numbers not, and see, we have that's the feelings. The thing. I'm not talking to the 88 percent of black men. I'm not talking to them. That come. Listen, I'm not saying. And even if you choose again, I am specifically talking to the black men who specifically prefer white women, specifically prefer non-black women, specifically. That's who I'm talking to. I'm not talking to the black men who are who just so happen to have spouses of different races. I'm speaking to the black men who seek out partners who are not black because they specifically don't want black women. This is what this conversation, this is who this is for. I'm not attacking the black men who choose white partners because that's, I mean, who have a white partner just by chance. I'm not seeing that. There are people who black, black men and black women who specifically seek out other races. Okay. And, that's who this and conversation so, I mean, Okay. So that's, that I understand. It's more so. You know, you know me, I hate getting painted with a broad brush, right? And so, and so while some people have the ability to be able to dissect, okay, I'm speaking to a specific population, I'm speaking to a specific 12%, whatever percentage there is, 
it then, but a lot of people, again, that broad stroke, right? It's like, I saw one of you niggas do it, so all of you niggas do it. And that's frustrating. And I think that's, I think, and, and you understand, sometimes when we, when we bicker, it ain't to you, it ain't to me, it's to, it's to the people who think like that. Because we are blessed enough to be able to have listeners who have all types of opinions. But it's just like, look, at the end of the day, with, with Jeezy and Gianna Marie in first place, first and foremost, I'm really mad at what she has done to, my, to, to Jeezy. She has, a, she has a man who was Trapper of the Year four years in a row making TikTok dances in Kroger. That hurt me. That hurt. That hurt a lot. Also, you know, you know, if you say black men are just dick and then a black man goes on and, and puts a ring on it, it's like it's almost like you're being validated for your statements. Um, and that was my point. But, but it makes it seem like the shit that she came out of her mouth and said was correct. Did she ever apologize accurate. for that? I don't, I, I don't follow Absolutely the real. Not. I don't watch none of them daytime no, talk shows. And, no, no, she never because did. it was like and I don't follow the real either just because it's, it's literally a hot mess. And that's not I know what the target audience for me is. And I know I'm not a part of it. So I stay out of that. I, I just I, because sometimes you we, we can make public statements and then make change behavior. I just didn't know because, again... But that apology needs to be just as loud as how wrong you were. But That's why I asked because, again, I'm, I don't give... I don't... Fam, I ain't know who this woman was until she got with Jeezy. I ain't know who the fuck she was. So I was like... Majority of black men didn't know who she was until she got with Jeezy. That's fair. Like, I ain't... You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't know who this young woman was. I'm trying not to call everyone a B-word at this point. But I ain't know who she was. So I was like, you know what I'm saying? I, I see Jeezy happy. I'm like, okay, cool. Then everyone... Then, you know... Everybody's like, here's what's wrong with that picture. And you're like, oh. If this um, was just Jeezy with anybody else, I would not care. I deadass don't care. I like, I really, really don't care. The reason why it's worth a a conversation is because of the comments that she can, she volunteered that information. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. The entire cast of The Real is fried. Ain't Amanda Seals on that? Ain't Amanda Seals on that? Yeah. Like the entire cast is like, they're fried as fuck. The fact that they still have anything to talk about and people tune in to listen to them is fried to me, bro. I stopped watching a long time ago. Y'all gave Tamar Braxton a platform. Again, I, um, I it, it was I knew from I knew from then I was not y'all target audience, so I didn't pay it too much mind. But the fact that Shorty came out of her mouth volunteered these statements. You you volunteered this one. Like you got the Tia and Tamara twin that dates a, that has a white husband and will and takes every moment of her day to remind us of her white husband. You can tell by the hair which one dates the white man. Oh, you can definitely tell. For sure can tell. But you know But, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's it's like I said, that's my, and that's my only problem. Not only did you go ahead and make those kind of statements, you turned around. Now you're engaged to one, and we're supposed. And when black women have something to say about that bullshit, we look like we're just bitter or angry. And you guys like to paint us with that angry black woman trope. When in actuality, you said some bullshit. We have every right to be upset by the dumbass shit that you volunteered to tell us. We're holding you accountable for it, and then now we get to look like we're angry, as if we don't have a right to be. Randomly, random fuck you to Loney Love too, um, cause she. What she do? Well, she got her her white man right, and uh, she might have been a guest on the rail to be quite frank, or one of them daytime shows. They all blend. no, she's a host. They she's all blend. A host. They all blended in to me. They all just one big conglomerate of fuck shit. 
But she talked about how after getting her white man back, saying something about like black men were never taught to be faithful or never taught to be in relationships, and that's why she had to get her a white man. So just on oh, girl, to, fuck you. to end a note, fuck Lord Lonely Love, go be with your white dick and be happy and leave me the fuck. That's up. it. Y'all can literally be with your interracial partners and leave everybody else out of it. That's all. That's literally my my only request if I ever have one is go be with your interracial, go be with your white people, go be with your non-black partners and keep my name out of it. That's all. That's my only request. That is literally my only ask. You do not have to mention my name and having your preference and partner. That is it. Keep black women and black men out of your shit. Well, we Just got- say you didn't find happiness. You found your happiness in this man. I would have been happy for you, sis. But you had to make this about everybody the fuck else. So now it's a dialogue. Well, we got an next fact. So- because I'm, t- I'm tired of talking about this shit. Because honestly, love who you love. Just shut the fuck up about it. Um, but what we got next? So real quick, let's get into it, shall we? Karen's in Paris. You ready? Oh, yeah. Um... All right. So on Twitter, there was a poll that was taken by, of course, a bunch of white women who felt like the term Karen, um, the trope of Karen was offensive, was almost as offensive as the quote unquote N word. And it should have been taken off Twitter. So the poll was taken by it was some journalist. It was like femjournalist.org or something. Something. Right. So let me, so let's school our listeners, shall we? For anybody who's just like, what the fuck is a Karen and why should right, I care? Okay. So, so here's for a any, so the Karen definition of a Karen is it describes a middle-aged white woman who are entitled. Karen is a catch-all for entitled middle-class cis white women who weaponize their status against the working class and minorities. That's um, what a Karen is. So Karen straight, is the, can Straight, yeah, straight, cis Cis hetero, cis, cis, cis yes. But you know what? Gay white women can also be Karens. Oh, okay. We'll get to that gotcha. here in a minute. They absolutely can. They absolutely can. The fem, the gay feminist movement is a bunch of Karens, if I'm being honest. Okay. But we'll get to that, right? So examples so of Karens fem- are the woman who said, she, remember that video of woman, I was told by Apple Care that I would have my product at whatever time. Karen. Yes. Um, but, Karen but, is. Can I speak to the manager because you brought in an expired coupon? Um, Karen. Karen is the person, the barbecue Becky who snitched on um, the people. Yes. That's a Karen. Barbecue Becky is a Karen. So now that we're all caught up to speed, right? The fact that we have to have the conversation about why it's inappropriate is it's some Karen. Ass, the fact that Karens think that Karen is a slur is some Karen ass shit. Okay. See, Second of, of all, white things, women want to. One of my favorite things, right? And I mean, to, I, sorry to cut you off, but one of my favorite things is we white people do this a lot. Like, what's the bigger slur? And the, here's here's a here's a hint. If you could write out Karen, but you have to say the N word, the one that you can't write out is the bigger slur. You do this with cracker, honky. Whatever white name that we give you, you always say, which one's a bigger slur? And it's like you use whatever word and then you say the N word. If you can't say one of the words, the word you can't say is probably the bigger slur. And Not even probably. It is. is. Is the bigger slur. The other side of that is I am tired of white people wanting to feel oppressed so bad. 
that they are willing to weaponize again it's funny as fuck it's so ironic that they're willing to weaponize whiteness in order to feel oppression bro it, it feels like the cognitive dissidence like the infection. cognitive yes the cognitive dissidence that it takes in order to take use your weaponize your whiteness in order to say that you're being oppressed that is that is olympic level mental aerobics okay and to be honest with you i'm impressed i'm impressed i'm not the acrobats that you the acrobats that you went through in order to make sure that oh black people are using the fact or weaponizing karen against actual fucking karens that behavior in itself that entitlement in itself makes our fucking point i will say this though we have now found the perfect way for white people to rap rap songs without saying the word nigga just put karen in it like my karen my karen my motherfucking karen karen's in paris i pull up on a karen with the 38 so 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 from your good friends here at shoot your chat podcast we propose that anytime you are rapping a song or non-melanated listeners and you see the n-word coming up just replace it with Karen. Since it's, since it's such a slur. Since it's such a cuss word. Since it's such an offensive term. You want to feel term. so... Like, remember, did you see it? It was the video. Oh, my God. And I cannot remember. Um, of course, I'm getting ready to tell my, my whole ass age here. But it was the... for It was on... What was it? I want to say it was on... It was like some Fox News special's review of the day. Please, y'all correct me if I'm wrong. There was a roundtable going on if racism is a one-way street, right? Mm-hmm. And you had... What is that black actor's name? I don't know, but I know the video. And it, it, he's right, one Right, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He's one of those black actors, like Bing Rames, or like... There's, those, there's like five black male actors, but they always play the villain in whatever role they play. They always play With the villain. They, they play, play right? the absentee so dad. They play the drunk uncle. Like you know, he, that nigga's he never plays played somebody guy. who's ain't shit in all of his roles, right? So I cannot remember his name, but he was on a, one of those Fox News specials where they were discussing if racism was a two way street. And he says, and they were just like, "Well, we y'all say the n word in your rap music. It's on television, it's in TV shows." And the actor turned into him and he said, "Well, since you want to say it so bad, go ahead and say it." And they cut to the commercials so fucking quick. Because it's like, listen, uh, if you're defending your right or your why is it okay for you to say it and not for me to say it, go ahead and say it. He refused to say it, which made the entire point. And that's in the same fucking vein as white women wanting to say, wanting to feel oppressed by the uses of Karen. Please check your privilege. Check listen, it in. I'm, I propose a trade, right? You know, let's, let's, how about I'm this? listening. We allow... White, we allow white women to make Karen a slur, and we allow white people to say the word nigga. In turn, we get like the next 400 years of like being on the other side of systemic racism, right? Like, we can like gentrify our neighborhoods, we can get lower interest rates on mortgages and loans, we can like just we can arrest you for driving while white. We can um, stop and frisk you. Like all of those, all of that shit that we can have, like instead of Jim Crow laws, it'd be Karen Crow laws. Like we can do all of that shit. So I'm suggesting a trade. If white men and white women want Karen to be a slur and want to say the word nigga, we will give them that on the condition that they let us have systemic racism for the next 400 years. And so we'll call it even. How, how do you feel? How do you feel? Sure. 
I'm with it. I'm absolutely with it. It just, all jokes aside though, friend, I'm be real with you. It's extremely, everybody wants to be black until it's time to be black. Down to y'all got bad Barbie catch me that catch me outside girl black fishing again. And and what's crazy is that I blame all the people that emboldened her by saying it's just a hairstyle when we checked her shit in about wearing box braids and why it was inappropriate. It's just a hairstyle. Again, yeah, now the bitch looks like Drea. Okay. Don't disrespect Drea. It's like the that. Si- Listen, I'm tired of it. White women, Drea you're not racially not cook, ambiguous. But Drea is fine. Bad Barbie ain't Dre- fine. Drea may not cook. She may not take care of her kids, but but Drea is fine. Do not disrespect Drea like that. So the problem, and this is the problem that I'm having, because when we check in bad behavior and y'all, and I'm going to be honest, it was black men that were defending her, Calvin. So don't drag me. It's facts. When we check in bad behavior and y'all come behind black women when we're checking in why we're offended and why we have a right to be offended by things and black men step in and say oh it's just a hairstyle black women walk around with blonde hair and and all this other shit when we y'all y'all gaslight and sidestep the conversation when we're checking in bad behavior and they go and do some extreme shit like black fishing and now y'all want to call it out it's a sla- not only is it a slap in the face but it's a huge i told you so moment cuz we didn't have to get here we told you like it gets exhausting explaining why shit is offensive when all you have to do is either not say nothing. If you're not going to, here's my thing. If you're not going to defend black women, you can also just be quiet. You don't also have to stand directly in the way of progress. You don't have to stand directly in the way of black women speaking. When we're telling y'all that something is fucked up, you can also just not, you know what? It's not my bag. That's not my fight. I don't have a right to have an opinion here. This isn't, it's not my time to occupy space or to take up space. I don't have a right to have an It's okay to do that. funny as shit. Hold on. on. Give me No, you have a, no, (laughs) hear me out. When we're correcting something that's obviously offensive, it's obviously offensive. It's obviously agitating the vast majority that this is directed to. Calvin, unless you walking around here with box braids, unless you got kicked out of school for wearing fucking box braids and being afflicted because of your hairstyle, not you specifically, but across the board, sometimes it's okay to take a back seat. It's okay. Unless this thing has directly, it's unless this certain thing, right? Specifically, since we're talking about black hair, right? As a black woman, if I'm telling you when a white woman walks up to me with fucking box braids and I'm explaining to her how offensive it is, it's counterproductive for you as a black man to tell me that I don't have a right. It's just a hairstyle. It's counterproductive as fuck. Because you understand that there are laws set in place for me to wear my hair as it naturally grows out of my head. To protect me in order to do that. Question. Quick question. So um... I'm listening. Clarification. Box braids is the ones that are installed, right? Versus like the natural cornrows. I'm, I'm well, to... cornrows can also have... Ex- so cornrows... Okay, I currently have box braids in, right? Those and are... You got, and you those got them can... installed. Am I, am well, I understanding? <laughs> it's all installation, if you're being honest. Okay, because if I'm, I'm, I were... I can cornrow... 
I can cornrow my natural hair using braiding hair, which is considered an extension because okay. I'm adding hair to my hair in order to make it longer. Okay. Okay. So if you want to be technical, my box braids are also extensions. We just would never I'm, use it in that sense because they're box braids. Be, I'm, I'm, it's more so because I'm, I'm thinking. I'm look. I'm like. I'm like thinking. Right. I'm trying to like actively think while we talk, and I'm looking at. I'm trying to think of. I remember like the UFC fighters, like. They have the, where they put their hair in the cornrows and or cornrows or the braids. Okay, that's for functionality. Okay, because you don't want this bitch pulling. you don't want this woman. You don't want this woman pulling on your hair. So you're in the middle of a fight. It makes sense for your hair to be braided back. That okay. makes sense to me. That, that's okay. really. I'm, I'm not even talking. Yeah, I'm just trying to understand. I'm not that. even really, really talking. I'm not really, really talking about that. Honestly, if I'm being all the way real, it's. Cr I'm not going to sit here and drag. No, I can't say that. I won't drag a white woman for wearing, I mean, for wearing box braids. I'm not going to say that. You cornrowing your hair does not bother me. It is not. It's when you're taking these cornrowed styles and appropriating the culture behind it. Okay. That's where my problem so comes it's, in it's, at. Okay. So you, rocking, you rocking the hairstyle does not bother me. The appropriation of culture behind it does. Okay. That's, and that's, I think. That's what I was trying to understand, and I was trying to allow you to kind of lead me to that. Because it was like, listen, we knew Bad Bobby was a culture vulture from the jump. You know what I'm saying? I don't think, I, I think the argument about her being a culture vulture, this is just the natural evolution of a culture vulture. See every Kardashian besides Kendall. You know what I'm saying? But like versus, like, for, you can culture vulture in a lot of different ways, and hairstyle is one of them, versus someone who's just, Trying to go Stella get a groove back, eat, pray, love, and and and, and put some braids in. That's that, that's what I was trying to understand here. That's why I asked, like, okay, is like the difference in installation versus natural? Like, I was trying to get it. You know, I was trying to shut the fuck up and learn. Like, what what what, what I was what you what well, you no, told. I mean, I'm not offended. Not offended by the question. What I'm offended by is when you get the answer to said question, you understand fully as to why it's offensive, and then go ahead and still defend bullshit. That's what boils my. That's what boils me up. That's what it is. Black men as a majority, y'all know exactly why it's offensive for what B Bad Barbie did. And then because she got caped for it, like y'all did, yes, Jules, she went ahead and, and took it to the extreme. It's not cool. But we've been telling you for the longest time, it's not cool. And then we end up here. It looks like we're being, we're attacking you and we're not. We told you that it wasn't cool. But, so now that she's out here many, literally looking like a people? light skin. Have have you allowed the same grace that you just allowed me in explaining? Explaining, you feel me? Because I'm I, everyone I, I, until I, I, it starts to become. Honestly, I'm graceful with everyone when you come to me and you ask me. If you're asking me, it depend. Also, it depends on how you ask. Because if you're asking me, trying to learn something, the conversation is very different. Besides you trying to be defensive over some nonsense, the conversation is going to come across a little different. You came to me in a position to want to genuinely learn out of a place of not understanding why this is so offensive. So, yeah, my tone with you is very, very different. But as far as somebody defending somebody's right to conduct themselves and, and behave poorly after you were told that that behavior is unacceptable, the conversation works a little different with me. I'm not going to hold you. I don't have a lot of patience for that. I just that, that's all I just because because I know. Sometimes, especially, I mean, we, I've gone through this. I've gone through this. And again, social media is not necessarily the best avenue to have like actual thought provoking discussions unless you like DM back and forth. Because we listen, that Tiki, Tiki Barber face looking girl, I was legitimately asking the question and she came in like I was, you know, being a tooth. 
And men, men got smart. You feel me? So it's like, so I think again, I always like come I back said, to. It depends on the tone. It depends on tone. It, it, it depends on the way you, you that you ask. And then some people also, like you said, Twitter and the internets are not very forgiving, and so, people love yeah, controversy. I think, so I think just maybe in not general, the best ways. Yeah, I th- yeah. I think in general, if those sort of conversations, we're never going to get off social media because I mean, it's never going to happen until we shut social media down. But those sort of conversations kind of work best in a place where you're able to either tell tone like a face to face or phone conversation or you're able to have a longer, you know, area to to kind of explain your thoughts besides like 240 characters. Just me. I'm not again, I'm not caping. Listen, I'm not caping niggas who defend Bad Barbie. Honestly, if we stop paying Bad Barbie attention, Bad Barbie would not exist anymore. We like even. See, in this new day and age, all mentions, all attention is good attention. Like, the, the same way we talk about mutant Tommy Lauren. I haven't said her name Tommy so much. I don't even really remember her real name. But we talk about mutant, mutant, muting people and not responding to them when they, when they try to piss us off. Because we're able to turn around and, 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 and show businesses their engagement numbers. And those businesses, those people paying those ad dollars for her to be an influencer, don't give a fuck if 75% of that engagement is us making jokes on her and calling her all sorts of stupid. They just care that every time she tweets, she gets this many eyes on it. So, again, we talked about this with H&M. We talked about this in general. Black outrage is a marketing tactic. And I, I honestly think if we just stop giving fuel to the people we know is intentionally trying to piss us off. Like Bad Barbie, like H&M, like Tommy Lauren, like insert whoever here. They, it's like smothering a fire. If you allow fire oxygen and air, it will grow. But if you smother the fire with, you know, a fireproof blanket, you, you suffocate the air from it, the fire dies out. The same applies to these people. And yes, we're part of the problem because we shouldn't be spending this much time on Bad Barbie, but it is what it is. But this, I promise you, this is the last time we will talk about her on our platform. I promise you that. Because the more attention, the more attention that we give these, these trolls, the bigger they grow and the powerful, the more powerful they become. It's like feeding a gremlin after midnight. And so in 2020, if people are intentionally trying to piss us off, the best way to get back at them is to ignore them. You know how stupid someone sounds if they're just arguing to themselves? Fair enough, friend. You're, for, you're right. All righty. So I'm going to move on <laughs> before this podcast is three hours long tonight. Um, so we, um, we almost started talking, talking about Talcum X and then we, we switched up. Do you want to get back I don't want to talk about him anymore. Hell no. Fuck, hey, um, fuck Sean King. Again. Again, fuck Sean King. If your dumbass gives him any money, you deserve it. You deserve to get scammed in whatever way he comes up to scam you this time. Now he's using coronavirus to scam folks. So don't give him no fucking money. You get what you asked for with that nigga. Moving on. Um, Adele settlement, real quick. Um, so Adele's net worth is $180 million. And she was, she has to now pay her husband She's now in court to try to get this reversed, but allegedly she has to pay her husband $140 million in their divorce settlement. 
I'm trying to not piss you off. Hello from the other side. I'm trying not to piss you off because I know we we going to bicker. And part of these are jokes. But the issue that I'm having here is what the fuck did he they have do they have any they have a daughter together, don't yeah. they? Mm-hmm. So they okay. have they, they have they had at least one child together. They've been together for I think three to four years. The and she clearly issue that I'm having here she is that this is over half of what she's worth. I and, want to see receipts. That should, now, to, if he was asking for half, I probably wouldn't be so enraged right now, right? We also have but this to, has also, Smelly J. Blige's husband written all over. We it. also we have to look in, and it, it's possible, it's possible that you know the half is the you know whatever, and then he's asking for you know child support, spouse support, whatever. I don't know. We have to look into it. It's probably like child support, to be honest. Um, if, if that's the only way that the math maps in order for him to get over half. And again, this is still very much impossibility of being reversed because I mean, but she's going through like the UK version of like our court system, our court system going through appeals, the second, the third. Um, but as it stands, I have no choice but to stand. I have no choice. He got me stand. fucked up. And honestly, Adele, I ain't no killer, but shit. I, the only reason, shit. The only reason I have to stand is because I we've seen this play out the other way all the time, and we've seen shit. We've seen we've seen men lose 50, 60, missing. 70 percent of their me? net worth missing. to their ex wife. He would come up missing. He would come up missing. Dead ass. And do you think that the wives that come up with these settlements that they're having, there aren't some, there's not a white woman floating at the bottom of the fucking ocean? Like I said, we, we joke about this all the time. You don't divorce white men. You come up dead. I'm just, you wake listen, up dead. I'm just, I'm just saying that if, if uh, I'm saying I could not say if, if in the reverse that, she, that the wife would come up missing and still have a podcast. I would be canceled. <laughs> tomorrow if I suggested that the tomorrow. husband should kill the wife instead of giving us all of the money. Just throwing that out there. I would be canceled. You would cancel me if I said that. You're not wrong. So, You're not wrong at all. So, so I mean, I, I think what I learned from this is that a lot, of, a lot of women, again, not all, not most, but some, if you don't want equality, you want equity. Like, the, you, don't, you don't want the rich the rich woman with the not rich husband to be treated the same way as a rich husband with the not rich wife. Like we have I don't no know issues. How I feel, to be honest, friend, we have no issues because I, when when the woman does a race mm, with half. I okay half. If we if this conversation was about half, this would be very very different argument. He's taking the, over three fourths of what she's worth. You got to show me the work that he put in to deserve three-fourths of what I'm she's tell, I'm, What I'm telling you is that it's probably that extra fourth is probably, if they have, especially if they've had like a daughter, that daughter's probably like one, right? She like, what I'm saying is you, like I said, you need to show me on wax why he is worth three-fourths. And what, what I'm, here's, here's, here's what I'm telling you off of pure speculation. We, have, we do not have court documents in front of us. But what I'm telling you, how the math still maths, is the half from like the initial settlement, you know, and then because again, he's not Adele, Adele is touring, making albums. He's probably, he's also the primary caregiver. He's the stay at home husband. 
So therefore, Adele's still going to be Adele. And by the way, I know this is fucked up, but this next album, who child, I'm already in my feelings. Uh, <laughs> this next album from Adele Listen, is going to be. What's crazy is that, what's nuts is that when I go through the worst shit, it's when I'm going through something, when I'm in my like most depressed state, I get unproductive as fuck. So if she gives us nothing from this, I can't even blame the good sis. But it, I cannot blame but her. But we're also normal people. And to make it how Adele has made it, to make it how Beyonce has made it, to make it how Mary J has made it, you got to be somewhat crazy. Honestly, you have to be, have something a little bit off with you in order to reach that level of genius. And those people, generally, their best work comes through times of heartbreak. We talk about Lemonade. We talk about the first four albums out of Mary J. Blige. We talk about 19 and 21. We talk about Sam, Smith, Sam Smith's first album. All are like breakup albums. So we talk, So you have to, so those people who are already a little bit off because you have to be in order to craft greatness like that, those, they, they become productive because they dive in, in their work. They have to. But the stay-at-home husband was probably the primary caregiver of the child while... Adele was being Adele. And because, again, he's not famous. We don't know who this nigga is. And Adele's still Adele. He's probably going, he's probably having, he's probably taking custody of the, of the child. And that is probably where that extra one-fourth comes in, is the child. Like I said, we gonna see, right? And if, it, and if receipts come been... out and, 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 and he's just out here running off in the plug twice, I mean, shit. Scoreboard's still up bro. on y'all. <sighs> We'll see. We'll see. Friend, this podcast is going on two and a half hours. I'm going to jump to the question of the day. You good with that? Yeah, let's get it popping. We've had some technical difficulties. We're going to chop it up. All right. So today, the question of the day, the shoot your shot question of the day is, what do you miss the most about being outside? Um, so I've had a couple people say, of course, the option to not go, which was, which was one of my fucking favorites. Um, so I, some of y'all sent in some shit that I know your partners for a fact, but not appreciate me reading your name out loud. So <laughs> we, again, are we, are, we on the shoot your shot pod is not trying to break up any marriages, relationships, situationships, or whatever the fucks. Cause if you get jammed up, not mention our names. Thank you. Period. So somebody else, somebody said my host. <laughs> um, underscore Gil producing said being able to hang out with my friends. I got a couple of those. Yeah. Um, Gypsy Dot Frank said, I miss documenting the people up close and also hugging. I too miss being able to hug people, like really truly yes. embrace them. I miss that yeah, shit. Um, shout out to uh, Ryan Nicole Studio said the same thing. I miss embracing people. Um, Picks Not Taken said, I miss going out to eat. I miss sundresses and having the option to go out. Um, hey underscore Nene says, going to the store in the middle of the night when no one is there because again, there's no longer an option. You go into the store at any time, it's, it's packed-packed. Um, it's slow. I don't really go to the store after 6 o'clock if I can help it. Listen, I don't... I'm sorry. It's a, I try not to go... I used to try not to go grocery shopping at peak times. Like, no. Like, I'm, I would be the person trying to grocery shop at 9 for the next day. Or, like, let me try to get it in on, like, a 2, a two o'clock on, like, a Tuesday. I'll be the one trying to avoid the first and the third because I don't want to be dealing with that. So... Yeah, I hate the gro- I hate a grocery shopping before. I can't stand the shit now. Cannot fucking stand it. Um, the Brie Marie said doing hood rat shit with her hood rat friends. Kia Who says she misses her whole clothes. I do too. I miss being able to get dressed. 
Um, the cool teacher said, looking fly, smelling good, interacting with the people. Instigator Jewel said, women tugging on my beard, saying how soft it is. He's a fucking... Shout out to the hot boy of the year, man. Listen, he, he, <laughs> um, was, he was coming for two, uh, two years in a row before Rona hit. He fucking was. He was on his way to a wild run. Um, I'm still keeping my fingers crossed for having a summer friend. Fuller underscore AS and the one true story said, they both say they missed the gym. I missed the option to not go to the gym. Ma'am, because we, we definitely had a challenge and you just said, fuck that. <laughs> oh. I did not say fuck that. Life got in my way, goddammit. Me and Brian talked, okay? Uh, Shout out to Brian's boot camp. Um, I, um, both Car- Carlel A and Something About Karis said they haven't missed anything yet. We're just embracing what comes. Um, Petty and Pretty 07 says, my friends going to our bar with my friends. Listen. Shout out to our I bar. I too miss our bar. <laughs> I miss the fact that I too miss Arbar actually. They would make they would make Jameson four dollars and it'd be all Jameson and like a splash of ginger ale. I miss that. If they put ginger ale in it at all. Listen, shout out the to the ugly stairs. friend. Shout out to the stairs at Arbar. If you can survive Man, the stairs. The stairs have fucked me up. <laughs> um the ugly friend said ignoring people. Now who am I gonna ignore? Sis was practicing social distancing before we had Sam, I haven't seen I haven't seen her in like months before this, so I feel I feel right. Like. Little underscore red thirteen said drunkenly running away and disappearing from my friends. She's she's good for that. And it was like I hate that shit. You need a leash. <laughs> Come back. So your favorite underscore dreadhead and somebody else is gonna remain anonymous. Said you, I miss seeing you and Jay looking fine as fuck in these streets. See, no one missed we'll me. We'll be back. See, you got the juice, friend. We'll be back. We'll be back. We will be back. We'll be back. Listen. Um, the Incredible Hulk three fifty seven said, "I'm good. I'm living like royalty and still ignoring phone calls." So yeah. Um, just mi- uh, honey underscore Ray says she misses the banter at the bar, and that's pretty much it. Ain't ain't no one missed me, man. So like, you and Jay got the juice. I'm just over here. As security. Relax. I'm type. I'm re fucking lax. Top security credit. Re re fucking lax. All right. You know what? This week I'm gonna leave us all with a positive note. If that's all right with you, friend. Mm-hmm. So my positive note, honestly, is go outside. Do not gather. Stay go six outside. feet away from everybody else. If you can help it, go outside. Get you taking some of this fresh air. Open your windows, wash your curtains or dry clean them or however you do that. Take in as much of this good weather as possible. Get outside, get outside of your house. Be safe about it. Wear your mask, you know, follow all CDC recommendations for protocol and and precautions. But don't allow this time period uh, of what we're going through to stop, to keep you super, super confined. You know what I mean? Go take a walk. You can go outside. You just cannot gather you can enjoy a, a walk. Go on um, a drive, the park. man. The roads are... Go, br- right. Ain't no traffic right now, bro. Just... Ain't no traffic. Get outside the house. Get some fresh air. Take in some of the sunlight and keep yourself healthy. Keep yourself grounded. It is not doomsday. It just means that whatever plans that you have, we need to alter them. It's not the end. It's not the end. It's a curve. Okay? It's your girl, Hold on. Before you, and one thing I will I'm say sorry. before we end out. Um, if we allow everything to go back how it was beforehand we have we have failed we have seen a lot of uh, we have seen the capabilities of our country we've seen the the, the misgivings of our country we've seen the failures of our country our society if we do not learn from this and take lessons that we can apply 
once we get out of full survival mode, um, we would we we'll, we will have missed an opportunity. So um, just be, think of the things that you want to be changed, that you feel like need to be changed during this time frame, and and when we're able to make those changes, remember that. That's all I got. All right. Well, until next week, good people. It's your girl Ali Nicole. It's your boy C Diddy. Peace. Peace. I'm a toy. I'm gonna stop my spot. You caught a vibe.